Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. everybody so there aren't um too many announcements except one major one it is that i've added a few different news sources so that um, they can be a part of the environmental news uh, that we cover in the program so i'm really really excited about this we're going to have uh, sources from the guardian in its environment section from reuters in the environment headline section from Inside Climate News, and from The Counter. I haven't really referenced these too much before, and so I'm glad to have added these to the other sources. So we'll have about 14 different sources to pull from, from all types of news, whether it be around the world or whether it be for the news um, section for uh, the Green Thoughts program. So I just want to inform you of that, and so if you hear me talk about it, uh, whether it be for the headlines uh, news or for the main uh, source news, then um, these are just you know updates for you so you'll know uh, where the news is coming from. Headlines from the Hemispheres is our next segment, and this is where we cover environmental news all across the globe in brief uh, segments. And one of the first stories is uh, pretty similar to what we discussed uh, uh, when it comes to elephants in our last podcast episode, and uh, it's from out of Botswana. So Botswana investigating mystery deaths of at least 275 elephants. And this was from Reuters.com. And so Botswana is doing a number of investigations into unexplained deaths of all the uh, elephants that they uh, had come upon. There are almost 300 elephants, but it was exactly 275 that were confirmed dead as far as a report that was prepared um, by the government. And uh, it was seen in, um, or it was prepared for the government, I should say. And it was seen in Elephants Without Borders. It's a conservation organization. And so they, they help elephants. And they surveyed uh, the elephants. They did aerial shots of all these elephants. And they spanned uh, age groups. Like, it didn't matter the age. All of them uh, were, were dying or dead. And the group counted 169 dead elephants uh, back in late May, and then they counted another, um, about 187. Uh, it had arose from the May date uh, on uh, June 14th. 
So the live elephants were uh, seen in the shots as weak and lethargic, not really getting around well. Some were emaciated and hadn't eaten for some time. And then other elephants were disoriented, had uh, trouble walking, and they showed signs of either paralysis or having a sort of limp. And so the report uh, wanted to establish that action was needed to figure out what the deaths of the elephants were, whether it be by disease or by poisoning. Uh, Africa's overall elephant population is declining due to poaching, which is one of the factors um, of alarm, calls for alarm, uh, that I talked about uh, last podcast episode. Um, but in Botswana, it's almost home to 33% of the whole continent's uh, elephant population, uh, and they've seen their numbers grow um, from um, 130,000 uh, from uh, 80,000 um, in the late 1990s. So that's a, a bit of growth uh, in Botswana for the elephant population. The second headline is about the extinction of a particular fish species that you may not have known about. So this story is out of Australia. So smooth handfish extinction marks a sad milestone. This uh, news headline comes from um, Scientific American via the website Inside Climate News. So Australians who happen to be one of the uh, population group that listens uh, to Greener Thoughts outside of the U.S., they'll probably have heard about this news firsthand that the smooth handfish has officially become the first modern-day marine fish to be declared extinct. This is unfortunate news because the smooth uh, handfish was once common and roaming about, and it was one of the first fish species that was discovered by European explorers in Australia. But all that has has gone away with because there was you know frequent sampling of the smooth sandfish at the time in their um, the the habitats where they were, and uh, one of the marine ecologist, uh, Graham Edgar, he was, he's out of the University of Tasmania. Him and his colleagues, they went about reporting um, this discovery uh, of the extinction. So um, Australia's National Handfish Recovery Team and also the Red List, uh, which probably is either an organization or just a separate entity entirely, they were forced to place this um, the smooth handfish in the extinct category earlier in 2020, and scientists um, that I mentioned before, they kind of aren't exactly what finished off entirely the species, but they estimate that other handfish populations, like other types of handfish within the region, were threatened by things like trawl fishing, pollution, and also climate change. Last but not least, this is a piece about Brazil. Brazil bans fires in Amazon rainforest as investors demand results. This was also uh, off of Reuters.com. And this is out of Brazil. Brazil's government had announced that it planned to ban setting fires in the Amazon for about 120 days. That's about four months. uh, In a meeting with global investors uh, when they wanted to raise concerns about destruction of the rainforest. 
Deforestation has risen 34% in the first five months of 2020 compared to a year ago after hitting an 11-year high in 2019, according to government statistics. All right, so this good information we're going to talk about is sourced from grist.org. And uh, I just got to say that we in America, we love our holidays. And this is kind of the spark for uh, the inspiration for this podcast episode. I knew that it was a topic that uh, some people may not be familiar with because we do love celebrating different holidays from everything from New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day, Memorial Day, uh, Independence Day which is, of course, the 4th of July, Labor Day weekend, uh, Veterans Day, Thanksgiving Day, Christmas, uh, of course, and maybe a few other holidays in between. But those are some staples in American culture. We love celebrating. We love being, um, you know, patriotic. We love being, you know, celebratory of our country and all the different facets of Americans that happen to, you know, make up America. And the 4th of July is a, is a special day. It's, you know, when we have, you know, declared our independence and we've been celebrating it for, you know, centuries now. But uh, in the midst of that, we use fire break, fireworks to celebrate uh, the holiday. And that is a, a toxic uh, uh, event a little bit because when you think about it, you think of, oh, it's, it's great to be outside with family and friends and barbecuing and traveling to see them. But it, it's more to that. And so even though we love the holiday, one part of it is kind of toxic and it can be dangerous for people who have certain conditions, health conditions, um, and they have uh, upper, upper respiratory um, uh, uh, ailments or diseases or conditions. So I figured to just talk about this because it may not be talked about, um, you know, at your dinner table or maybe at the next uh, 4th of July celebration. So we're going to just go over fireworks and air pollution up above is what they are. Uh, health experts, they've really pointed out the harmful um, technical pyrotechnic side um, of these displays of fireworks that they are um, causing and they do cause spikes in the air pollution. And they're worried mainly about the particulate matter, these tiny dust and soot particles that really will affect and do cause human harm and environmental problems. Sometimes those can be overlooked because we don't think about that in the in the midst of celebrating, but they do cause a, a bit of problems, which we'll get into. In a 2015 study in the journal Atmospheric Environment, it found that the average level of particulate matter across the U.S. increased a whopping 42% on the 4th of July. And the EPA also warns that exposure to particulate matter may cause significant respiratory problems. Now, for people who have certain pre-existing lung conditions, um, heart conditions, have problems breathing, maybe asthma, this will uh, lead to you having something like premature, you know, death. It can lead to that if it's, you know, untreated or it's it's made worse uh, by the fumes of fireworks. And also in another study that was published in the journal, um, Particle and Fiber te- um, Toxicology, researchers 
After collecting particulate matter that was released by 12 different types of commercially available fireworks, they found that there were high, high uh, toxic metals like copper and, and strontium uh, in five of uh, the different fireworks. Now, when people breathe in those metal um, um, particles, they, um, they're left off from the fireworks. They cause your cells to kind of go crazy and haywire, and they cause oxidative stress. And it disrupts the normal behaviors of your cells and the signaling that happens and the metabolic processes um, that occur when your cells grow and, and, and move and transport oxygen and, and, and your blood and everything else. But when it's left unchecked, especially for long periods of time, it leads to cell damage and even cell death. Now, researchers from the NYU Langong um, Health Center, they actually confirmed the effects of particulate matter. And they did a couple studies. They did one major study on mice, and they went about injecting a, a few um, different um, groups of mice uh, uh, of the um, the firework particular particulate matter um, they injected in the mice's lungs. And they found that the particulate uh, matter had higher concentrations of uh, toxic metals. Uh, these, these were the cause of greater inflammation. So because of the toxic metals, these had greater um, inflammation effects within the, the mice's lungs. Now, lead is a horrible chemical. We know that it's been in uh, makeup products, cosmetics for a long time, and, and it's, it's, it's essentially banned, especially in, in U.S. products. And if you use organic or um, natural or certified organic products, you probably will not ever encounter lead. But lead is something that's not even allowed. There's a chemical, of course, but it's not allowed or supposed to be allowed in consumer fireworks. But one type of firework called the black um, uh, cuckoo, it produced particulate matter with lead concentrations greater than 40,000 parts per million. There weren't other ones that were tested uh, to the extent that the black uh, cuckoo was, uh, but that just shows you the amount of you know dangerous uh, chemicals and the extent uh, that they've been produced in these fireworks. And you know, even though the fireworks industry says, "Oh, that it, it it produces fireworks that go through rigorous testing," it doesn't always um, prevent the contamination. And regulators, manufacturers, they're, they're failing to essentially keep uh, consumer fireworks safe, inevitably. So I'm going to uh, end with a quick notable quotable. So, quote, all consumer fireworks imported into the U.S. are prohibited from containing any form of lead. End quote. And that was from the American Pyrotechnics Association's group, um, executive Director Julie Heckman. I've always been one who I do love celebrating holidays, and in in uh, the Fourth of July is no exception. But for me, I've never been one who you know loves fireworks. Sparklers are okay, but you know I'm you know a bit older, so 
Uh, sparklers are great, but I, I think there are safer alternatives to fireworks. You know, not everyone can afford sometimes the hefty price of fireworks because if you buy a ton of them, like that can be kind of expensive, especially if you want the higher quality ones. Um, but nonetheless, you have to, you know, read the directions of the fireworks and make sure that you're in a, you know, heavily ventilated area or, you know, outside and that you can do them safely at home if you have uh, laws against doing them within a certain space, um, you know, and, and that can be just a headache to deal with. And, you know, for people who do uh, fireworks um, illegally, that's a, another danger or doing them, you know, at their home, it may not be safe. So with fireworks, you have to um, light them and use them at your own risk. And, um, you know, with the com when it comes to the fumes of fireworks, that's a real hazard. And, the, and they stink and, the, and there's the smoke you have to deal with and, the, and the, the debris of the fireworks. No one really talks about that. It's not like they just, you know, biodegrade um, to the soil. Um, I'm not, I don't think that wearing a mask would necessarily um, prevent the fumes from getting to you in your lungs. Um, but, you know, maybe someone will try that and, you know, say that, oh, it works, but just use fireworks at your own risk. You know, if you, if you're, if you're one to learn about the information and you, you really think that there's nothing to worry about, you know, maybe I can't save you, but if you have issues with your lungs or with your heart, or you have other conditions that make you more susceptible um, to fumes, to gases, to noxious gases, then you're going to have a harder time celebrating uh, with fireworks. There are other things that you can use to celebrate with, like streamers or noisemakers or, you know, other types of concoctions that we'll get into that are really, really harmless and safe for you and great for kids, great for your family, and you can still have fun. It just won't be with fireworks. You know, I've, I've never gone out of my way to buy fireworks, and I don't want to, and I don't plan to in the future. It's just it's just not my thing. Um, you know, I've always been, you know, of the um, backyard barbecue crowd when it comes to the 4th of July. So I celebrate with uh, food, festivities, fun games, like like um, with um, frisbees and with, um, you know, basketball maybe, and with badminton, and all types of other hula hoops, uh, all types of other types of games like that that you can play outside. It's really fun. I remember the use of uh, sparklers um, when I was a kid. I did love those. Those were great times. You know, you you use it and you light it up till it burns out or you, you know, pass it around. And it's great. It's amusing. And, you know, if it's, if it's, you're using it around, you know, adults, it's great because you can, you know, have them monitor the kids and make sure that they're safe and okay. Um, and you just have great fun with that. It's easy to get um, uh, amused by that. You know, kids get amused with little stuff. Um, you know, just remember the times when you were a kid. You you maybe love fireworks, but there are other things that you can play with because fireworks you hear, you maybe see, especially if they're the light-up ones. Um, and, then, and then firecrackers are a whole other thing. With firecrackers, there are so many instances of people who've, who've, you know, popped off their extremities and burned themselves and, you know, put them in their mouths and, and on their faces and just held them until they should have thrown them. And there are tons of injuries that, that have happened with teens and kids. And you can see a lot of that on YouTube and just around the internet. Like, it's 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 really horrible what, what firecrackers will do to someone. 
Um, there are so many, you know, news stories, um, horrible pictures of, of, of kids and adults who will never be the same, all because they were using the firecrackers inappropriately or doing it as a prank or, you know, to show off with friends. And it, it ended badly. You know, no one, no one talks about that in mass, uh, the dangers of using pyrotechnics in a way that's not um, recommended by the manufacturer, you know, those who make the actual, um, you know, pyrotechnics. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is, you know, if um, there will be a time when fireworks or, I don't know, I don't know about firecrackers, but if fireworks will become eco-friendly. I did a few searches for them and there weren't anything on the books about them. And I checked back to a, a, a piece back in 2009 and it's, it's, it's public knowledge, but there's nothing as far as like a, a company I saw that I could readily shop um, with that had eco-friendly fireworks. Um, that's a, that's an invention. Maybe... Uh, it can be in the works in the future, and maybe there just has to be more demand for it um, because, um, you know, celebrating and having fireworks in the country, uh, in the U.S., is a million-dollar, probably almost billion-dollar industry itself. Um, so maybe there is a, a niche that needs to be carved. I'm not sure who's going to carve it, but that's just giving you an idea of maybe what could be in the future. Um, for me, I'm, I'm interested in the alternatives, especially if something is not what I want. Um, but there are other alternatives, which we'll get to, which are really, really family-friendly and kid-friendly that are um, alternatives to fireworks and, and poppers and sparklers and firecrackers and all that that are safe and functional and will give you just as much fun, if not more, so you can safely uh, use them and enjoy yourself. The Mother Earth Minutes is where we review in the next few minutes proactive things that we can all do to combat the issue in the episode and to protect Mother Earth. So there are a number of fun festivities that uh, you can do for your next celebration. Hopefully, maybe for your next Fourth of July, or maybe a party that's a, you know a birthday party, or a celebration, a special event, a going away party, uh, maybe um, just a birthday party for maybe kids, or just something where. Uh, you want to have alternative fun. It's not necessarily too expensive, but uh, will give you some new ideas uh, for the future, uh, whatever they may bring. And we're going to talk about 14 alternatives to using fireworks. So you can still have fun and be creative with these, kind of, you know, just go about uh, following the instructions with some of them or, or buying some of the materials, um, which are a little bit separate. And, you know, just having fun. Uh, one of the first uh, alternatives is the fireless fireworks. Now, you can find DIY tutorials on YouTube, but they're simply made with recycled bottles that you, you have and you make uh, an alternative use out of them, balloons, and confetti. Number two are glow sticks. Glow sticks are great for everyone, especially kids. I remember when I was a little kid, those things would last forever. You just stick them in the freezer or keep them cold and you make sure that uh, you use them and you have tons of fun with them. Have, you know, glow stick fun, glow stick fights, 
or you just explore in the dark. It's really fun. Number three are firecracker pinatas. And you can definitely stuff these with whatever you want. Maybe candy or party favors or um, maybe uh, school supplies, maybe crayons, maybe like erasers or fun knickknacks. Um, just anything that you'd like. And it's in the shape generally of a firecracker. Now for this, I will put the instructions uh, link in the show notes for the website. And then I'll also talk about uh, in the the preceding or the follow-up um, uh, alternatives to fireworks about different um, instructions that are also going to be featured in the show notes so that you can check them out as well. Number four are bubble wands. Now, these are simply your uh, colorful um, bubbles that you maybe have in uh, red, blue, other colors, whatever colors you'd like, but these are just, you know, playing with bubbles. Number five are, uh, is the alternative of silly string. Now, silly strings, of course, you can just use and spray from the can. Those are great. I haven't really I used those a ton when I was little, but I do remember uh, silly string uh, being used on a couple of occasions, usually in the summer um, when it's hot outside. Number six are sprinkle fireworks, and really all you need is water, sprinkles, like for cakes or other desserts, and a spray bottle. So you can just use the sprinkles on paper, maybe like a paper towel or your standard printer paper, and you lightly spray uh, the sprinkles with water from the water bottle. And they're great for kids, maybe for an easy art time, maybe at a um, an art uh, trade table uh, outside. It'd be really a great idea, especially for those who are little. And it's easy cleanup too. Number seven are fireworks in a jar. Now, uh, with this, there are instructions to it, and so um, there's some dye and other materials. Really super easy. You'll probably find this stuff in your kitchen around there, um, other than the different uh, colors, but really simple instructions. And again, those will be posted in the show notes, the link. Number eight uh, are the straw rockets. You can blast off and have some fun with those. And again, those uh, instructions will uh, be posted. The link will be posted in the show notes. Number eight uh, also is uh, going to have the instructions posted in the show notes. And these are your, your last minute fireworks wand. You can make multiples of them, but they do have some easy materials um, one of them being just the tops from a pouch, like the ones that you'll get from applesauce or kids' pouches, things like that. Uh, really great, uh, and it's really easy peasy and super fun, and you can reuse it probably for years and years if it's made stable. Number 10 uh, are the 4th of July confetti eggs. Now, you can probably make as many as you'd like, um, but the instructions, I think, calls for probably less than a dozen or so. I'm not sure. But uh, when I checked it, it seems so super fun. Um, and you just, you know, rinse out the eggs after you've done uh, dyeing them. Make sure that they are, you know, stable with the colors. And then you fill them with confetti. And they're really great. Especially if you love confetti. And maybe want to turn, turn it into like a tournament to see who um, those, you know, um, certain eggs of, you know, uh, one 
uh, colored team versus the other team, you know, red versus blue or maybe green versus yellow. And you could, you know, make it really fun. Kids will definitely enjoy this. Um, you know, easy cleanup. All you have to do is, you know, just smash the uh, eggshells uh, by emptying uh, the confetti. Of course, you could probably toss them in the compost. Number 11 is to have a color fight. Now, I liked uh, enjoying uh, the instructions for this the most because you use, um, you know, just some um, some clothes that you're, you know, not too um, worried about getting dirty. And you use protective eyewear, of course, and then you have the chalk dust, which they'll, they'll show you how to make um, the chalk itself, the different colored um, types that you can have and the instructions I'll post in the show notes too it's really fun and it looked like such a blast I saw the pictures of one of the um, the makers and she just she looked like she had a ball and the kids did too so it looked really really fun number 12 is to use your cell phone or LED ropes which I didn't know were a thing uh, to make light graffiti Number 13 are to uh, use a Diet Coke and uh, Mentos uh, tablets to make a rocket. That's pretty much a classic um, explosion that um, you know kids love, pranksters love, uh, anyone who's into maybe science, they'll love to chemicals um, that you can you know get from home. Uh, and there and there's so many YouTube videos just on this that you'll you know have plenty of, of ideas of how to do it. And then lastly are balloon uh, fireworks. Now these just entail filling balloons with confetti. So all of those are the different ways of you know, having alternative fun than uh, just using fireworks. So I really hope that you explore those and uh, use this you know, piece uh, in the Mother Earth Minutes as, a, as a, a stepping stone for further fun activities. And I really hope that these get you started and you have loads of fun in your future. fact of the day is that in the absence of tourists, poachers are slaughtering wildlife in African parks and wildlife reserves. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the July-August 2020 issue. Alright everyone, ladies and gents, we have come to the Eco Company Spotlight segment where we're going to talk about an amazing eco company that is doing amazing things with their products or services. There are plenty of companies that I've went ahead and reviewed already and if you have information about one that maybe you know and you want me to of course know about, let me know. I haven't gotten too many emails about any companies so I'd love to hear about one that you'd love for me to of course try. Whether you're, you know, across the pond, you know, whether you're from the land down under, because I have viewers and listeners from a ton, ton of places. But, you know, even in, you know, my own backyard, and I want to hear from y'all. I love, you know, getting that engagement, and it's really fun to, to learn, you know, what products and services you love and you trust, because I want to know about them too. I've been doing a ton of reviews since February 2019, but... I can't get enough of some products 
and I love sharing them with you all the time. I always try to do my best and have thorough reviews. And one of the latest companies is one of my favorites, especially when it comes to plant drinks. That's all they do. They do a number of them. It's, it's amazing what they can do uh, with the power of plants. And so this company I want to let you know about is called Califia Farms. So Califia Farms started in 2010 and the founder is a native California and he Californian. And his name is Greg Estelle Tenpole. And he was really drawn to the um, Queen Califia and the spirit uh, of her, the pursuit that she had of, of living uh, well uh, with wellness and health and renewal, that spirit and love. And the icon of uh, Califia Farms products is inspired by the majestic warrior Queen Califia. And she's best known as a namesake for the state of California. Now, Califia Farm products are amazing because according to scientific studies, Califia plant milks can definitely dramatic, dr dramatically reduce your environmental food print when compared to cow's milk. Now, they use 40 to 90% less water use. 90% less land use and 60 to 80% fewer greenhouse gas emissions. They are also BPA free, carrageenan free. They are also gluten free with their products. They are um, kosher with their products. They are non-GMO project verified and they are also vegan. I love their uh, products, mainly their plant milks. I haven't tried their juices. Um, I, I'm, I don't drink coffee, but I need to try their yogurt items. Uh, so they have uh, a bit of almost everything. They have 70 products. That's one of the, that's gotta be one of the top, maybe five or top three, as far as companies that have a, a different range of products, especially in the food category. So they have 70 products. They have their best sellers. They've got creamers for like your coffees. Uh, some people like uh, coffee, uh, coffee or, or um, creamers, maybe put those in your tea. They have seasonal items, good for the holidays. They've got cold brew coffee for those who love uh, coffee items and coffee. Um, they have uh, yogurt items. They have shelf-stable products that are good um, in the fridge, out of the fridge, as long as they are, they're sealed, so they're shelf-stable. Um, they have plant milks. Uh, or you know essentially nut milks like the almond uh, milks and coconut milks etc and then they also have juices now my experience of califia farms products are amazing um, the experience has been amazing for me I've tried their uh, go coconuts coconut milk and their toasted coconut almond milk now I love their coconut milk that's just uh, it's just plain, but I also try more of their toasted coconut almond milk for me. Um, for I, for um, I just in general, I just gotta say the coconut is a, a beautiful ingredient. It's 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 a lovely food, and it's so many things. But it's a it's a natural diuretic. It keeps you regular. So for those who maybe have digestive issues, who you know want to stay full, but uh, also want something that's not you know dairy. Um, and you want something that's tasty and coconut milk is, you know, something that you want to 
try and drink a lot of, then I suggest you get uh, Califia Farms, their coconut milks. They have different flavors of them. Uh, if you like almond milk and coconut milk, they have that. They have almond milk by itself and other you know types of varieties. I, um, you know, use, um, I'd, I'd say their coconut milk, I'd say I'd use one a month or so. So I've, I've used their, their stuff for a couple years now and I love them. I can't get enough. I probably wouldn't buy any other coconut milk and it lasts for a good long time. You can have it last maybe close to a month, but I usually, I usually I use it um, and, and have a few uses for it. So it doesn't really go to waste, um, but you will know the um, smell of coconut milk if you haven't used it for a while or the coconut almond milk mix that they have. If you haven't used it, uh, it can definitely go bad just like uh, any other product. So make sure that you use it um, by the um, you know best buy date, or the date when it could, you know, mostly, most likely um, deteriorate in quality. Um, when it comes to the container, I have reused that thing, and I love it. I used to reuse that container uh, when I had I worked at a place, and I wasn't able to bring my uh, Contigo container because it wasn't see-through. So I had to use that one, and it lasted for many months. I don't know, you know, what happened to it, but. Um, I, I had a good use out of it and it stored a lot of water. It was it was really great and really useful. So I appreciate that out of the container. Um, mostly the uses I get out of it are for cooking or for drinking. But when I do cook with it, mostly I'll use it for my uh, pan butter, um, coconut and lime shrimp. I've talked about the recipe. I you know have raw shrimp, uh, usually the jumbo sizes. I defrost that. Um, deshell it and put it in the pan, add some olive oil, I add my Old Bay and um, uh, kosher salt, add my other spices, maybe some garlic salt and a few other things, maybe a few um, thyme and, and parsley definitely, uh, Old Bay definitely like I said and I use some butter and saute that a little bit and then use a few cups of the toasted coconut almond milk for sure and then I sprinkle in maybe half a cup or so of lime juice. I have that thing sizzling on the uh, you know skillet and have it there for maybe 25 minutes or so. It makes some yummy saucy uh, shrimp. It's, it's better than kind of frying them and it's so tasty and it's it's delectable and I, I, I swear by it. It's amazing. You gotta try it. Um, it's a little bit of creaminess. It's a little bit of tang and that sourness from the lime and it's butter and goodness. You can add some garlic to have it have even more savory richness to it, but I, I love that recipe. Uh, for I think all other uses uh, other than um, cooking with you can maybe have it you know for breakfast because it is light enough or use it in a ton of the other recipes that they have uh, on their website they have so many and they've, they've cultivated it down to a science so if you want to explore with recipes I suggest you go to the Califia Farms website where you can check out their recipes so for all the review I did, I give it definitely a five out of five green thumbs up. I love it. And the packaging is reusable, it is recyclable, um, and it's a great price. Many of their items are priced reasonably, uh, pretty, you know, great for, you know, drink items. Calivia Farms can be found uh, with their products in stores and online. You can check them out at califiafarms.com. That's C-A-L-I-F. 
iafarms.com and then you can go to find califia and you can find them at uh, amazon at amazon fresh boxed instacart thrive market by the cost all these online and then you can check them out uh, in stores at cvs rite aid safeway shoppers target walmart walgreens uh, or I should think Wegmans, uh, Wise, and a few other stores as well. Some of Califia Farms products are also available in Canada and also the US. Califia Farms can be found on the following social media platforms, uh, Facebook at Califia Farms, They're on Instagram at Califia Farms, that's Califia Farms, all one word, all lowercase. They're on LinkedIn at Califia Farms, they're on Pinterest at Califia Farms. They're on Twitter at Califia Farms. And they're also on YouTube at Califia Farms. That's all together, uh, one word. And I recently subscribed to their YouTube channel. To contact Califia Farms, you should go ahead to the website again, Califia Farms, C-A-L-I-F-I-A farms.com and then go to contact us at the bottom of their website to either call, email, or mail them directly. I really hope that this podcast episode really made it easy for you to find alternatives to fireworks and also uh, giving some warning and some clearance uh, when it comes to the dangers of fireworks, modern day fireworks, and that the manufacturers who are supposed to, um, you know, keep their products safe and have you out of harm's way, they're they're not really doing their job, even though they say that that lead and, and other chemicals aren't supposed to be a part of fireworks. Somehow they make it into the stream of of the the components of the fireworks, and they go about their business. So to make sure to make sure that you know you're not impacted, then I think that you'll have fun with all the different 14 alternatives to uh, modern fireworks. I really hope that uh, you you know take this information and you pass it on maybe, or if you have a, a function and you want to get festive, it's the time to pull out the list of all those different alternatives. Uh, and, you know, go wild, go crazy and have some, you know, natural fun, have some, you know, creative fun because a lot of those projects are, are hands down, you know, sit down kind of projects that you can do by yourself with with friends, family, um, with, with colleagues or just some um, other, you know, group and you can make it really fun. It can be, you know, great just to maybe relive your childhood in some ways or to just be creative and just really, you know, unleash with all those different options you have. So um, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much. I always see, you know, the, the different amount of listeners who pop in and some who are repeat um, listeners and some who share maybe other podcast episodes and people who, you know, maybe, maybe binge my episodes. So I love, you know, when I get to, you know, see that. So thank you as always. And I really hope that you can tune in, uh, really soon for some other, uh, podcast topics in the near future coming up. But until then, I wish you all, uh, you know, being, uh, well, and you all take care of yourselves and also the planet. See ya!